I remember the good old days when Australia weren't playing any cricket. I miss those days. Welcome to another episode of the CrickBlog podcast. Sharp Bell here from CrickBlog with my excellent co-host as usual, Nash. How are you, mate? How was your weekend? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, good. weekend was good. Hectic with work. Um, how, how is your weekend in Sydney with the lockdown? I'm wearing a beanie at the moment because I've got terrible lockdown here. <laughs> it's just everywhere. That's fine. We have, we have all seen the picture on Twitter. We have all yes, seen the picture. Yes, and my wife wants to wants to have a go at cutting it. But um, as I said on Twitter last night, there's a, more of a chance of Australia winning the T20 World Cup than that ever happening. Um, in this episode, she, you know, we'll, she, she, yep. she'll just make sure no other woman looks at it. <laughs> it's no worries. <laughs> she doesn't have anything to worry about there. Um, <laughs> So in this episode, we'll discuss, you know, the, the IPL rescheduled dates, you know, they're in, in September, October, um, and pretty much immediately followed by the T20 World Cup. We'll have a quick chat about that. We'll have a, a chat about, you know, what's been going on around the cricketing world. There's been a heap happening. I don't know, Nash, if you've been following the 100 at all. I've been trying to keep a little bit of an eye on it, but goodness me, man, even for cricketing nuts, you know, to follow the England domestic season, there's a lot happening there. Um and of course, Australia is thinking it up still in the West Indies, um, India and Sri Lanka. I, th- I think they're in a competitive battle and we'll talk a little bit more international cricket as well. Um, so first thing we'll discuss today is the, the scheduling of the IPL and it's soon to be followed by um, the T20 World Cup. Um, Nash, no surprise that it's going to be in the UAE. Um, yeah. You know, my question to you is going to be, is it too much for the cricketers now? a lot of bubbles, um, you know, you're going from tournament to tournament, there's T20 legs, there's international cricket. I think the England players, I think Ashley Giles said it's very unlikely that they'll be, un- uh, uh, sorry, available for the IPL. Um, is it just a sign of the times or how much is too much? Um, I think obviously it is It is a sign of the times. Yeah. Um, it is the way it is because of what's happened in the last couple of years with the pandemic and with the with the scheduling that's, thrown the entire international calendar into disarray. But um, yeah, to answer your question, the simple answer is yes, it is too much on the cricketers. Um, so that's where you're going to have a lot of um, big squads and players being yeah, you big know, squads, rotated. And... I think more more injuries maybe, um, mm. people, players taking time out, uh, out of the game for longer periods of time. So um, it all needs to be managed properly for, by the boards and um, by the players themselves as well, but mm. you know, it's it's that that's the issue with these big boards is um, they get away with some of the stuff they do because they, especially with B- someone like BCCI, because they don't have a players union or a mm. players association. It is there, but it's just namesake to be honest. Um, otherwise, if it, the, if the players association was serious about protecting the players' interest, they would not be. Back, they would not be backing this calendar because it's, you know, uh, playing in the IPL. I think it's four days after the England Test series, and then um, playing in the World Cup, Cup. Not long before yeah. the World. It's 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 a big schedule, you know. Well, if you if you want to turn that to your advantage, it's a great 
practice for what for the World Cup for the it Indian is. players. Where and uh, you give you, you give other players opportunities because you have to exactly. rotate as well, so other players exactly. get a taste too, and you build that bench strength as well. So it depends how you look at it. Uh, you know, to yep. be honest, you make a good point there. It's about you know looking at it from a positive perspective. Exactly. It's a great question we got from Raj Aryan at Raj Aryan True. He asked, are we going to see more teams conducting these B-string team tours considering the COVID quarantine protocols in the future, as is the need of the hour at the moment as well? I 100% agree. You know, I think we're going to see teams, you know, resting players for a particular series. In the case of England, they choose to do it in their test matches. But, um, uh, you know, it seemed like, you know, of course you see India and England at the moment and they're sent a, you know, a less experienced team to Sri Lanka. It's just a sign of the yep. times. Yep. You know, look at Australia yep. and the West Indies at the moment. A lot of the players have, um, you know, the key players have sat out. Um, and, you know, we've, we've taken a team that, um, you know, is, isn't our first team at all. Even though we still expect better performances, um, it's still not our first team. It's a sign of the times. Um, so... A lot of things for the management. I think the management of all the nations that are involved in cricket over the next few months, they've got a lot of work on their hands to make sure that the, the players are always fresh, as fresh as possible, because you've got to be in the bubble and you've got to play. You're under scrutiny all the time in terms of your performances. Yes, they earn big money, but when yep. there's a lot of scrutiny on your performances and you're in the bubble and you can't get away, it's it's it can be taxing mentally. So support is important there so the ipl kicks off 19th of september the, the, i think i'll i'll just further on that the yeah. only positive thing that i can see with the calendar right now is yeah. we'll see a lot more new faces in the that's, team that's what i'm saying we as well used to um so obviously there'll be so many new players being tried and tested in in, in these uh tours and you know um uh against other teams where we saw uh, probably a f- full new ODI squad for England as well, where we saw players like Sakib Mahmood, um, Louis Gregory and all these players who just uh, rose to the occasion. And we finally got to see Matt Parkinson as well, the leggy from England. So that, which was really, really interesting yeah. to see because I, I would love to see more of him being a leg spinner myself. I think I'd love to see more of him. Well, very interesting that you mentioned Matt Parkinson. Um, you know, we'll move away a little bit from the IPL talk. I'm sure we'll talk definitely a lot more about the IPL as it comes closer and things like that. But, you know, heading into the England-India test series coming up soon, um, you know, we'll be talking more about that on the podcast. Um, listeners, you know, we, we have a special guest coming up later in the week, uh, Preeti Upala. You'll hear more about that and we'll discuss more about the test series next week as well. A question from Debashish Sarangi around Matt Parkinson. Um, how long ideally should England take to introduce Matt Parkinson in tests? Can he be a better option than Dom Bess and Jack Leach in the ashes to be played down under? I think my immediate answer to that is you cannot introduce him to test cricket in the ashes. No, he has to absolutely be in- not. I agree. He has to be introduced beforehand. He's got to be introduced exactly. in this India series whenever he can because um, you know he's an attacking option. He's got the, the the peach of a delivery in him. Yeah. Whether he can be a better and option think, than Jack Leach, I think he can be a better option than Don Best. I think Don Best still lacks the control. It 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 really depends on what England are looking at from a from Correct. a spinner's, spinner's point of view. Exactly. In yep. in Australia, they do they want to tie down the batsman and not you know keep a check on the runs, or do they want to go for wickets where 
uh, I think a spinner's role in that in that bowling lineup is not to go for wickets. I would say because you have you already have Stuart Broad, Jofra Archer, um, now Ollie Stone, Mark Wood, James Anderson. Uh, those are your wicket wicket taking options. Whereas obviously Jack, the, a, any bowler goes you know wants to take wickets, but from a role, team role point of view, the role of Jack Leach is to keep check on the runs. You don't want to have a spinner leaking at four, four and a half and over because yeah. then you'll be forced to turn to your pace bowlers and they're going to be overworked. So I think it's yeah. crucial in the Ashes for England that they have someone like um, a Jack Leach. I think Jack Leach is the best bet still if you consider a spinner role in Australia. I think Don Best yeah. just is, he hasn't got the control, unfortunately, for a finger spinner. That's disappointing. He doesn't have the control. You notice yeah. how many full tosses he delivers. I think Don Best would struggle here. Um, I think Jack Leach is their best bet, but I want to see Matt Parkinson introduced to test cricket earlier because absolutely, yeah, a wicket-taking option, no matter spinner or pacer, is, is always a good option, but you've got to make sure here in Australia that your spinner is at least holding the runs up. That's the role Nathan Lyon has played for Australia for so long. He hasn't always been yeah. the big wicket-taker, but he's played such an important role in the attack because he's allowed the other seamers to bowl and go do their business at the other end while he holds up one end. So it'd be interesting to see how England go with their spin options, um, you know, in the, uh, in the India series and India good players of spin. So that would definitely be interesting um, with India, Sri Lanka, actually, I think I've been quite fascinated and encouraged by Sri Lanka's performances at times uh, in this tour. I know India have won the majority of the matches, but, you as an Indian fan, Nash, what have you made of it so far? Who's, who's impressed you for India? And have Sri Lanka surprised you a little bit as well? I mean, to be honest, yes, they did surprise me in the, fir- in the first couple of one days when they posted a good, I wouldn't say a great total, but a good competitive score yeah. uh, uh, to India's rather inexperienced bowling lineup and the whole, whole team, uh, and which was good, which was good to see after the... Um, very poor performance in England uh, last month uh, for Sri Lanka and a couple of setbacks with their players as well, which was really good to see um, them doing well. And obviously when you said, you know, um, we're sorry, when I, when I uh, saw the highlights of a couple of matches again, I think it was pretty evident that this Indian team is inexperienced, um, mm. which, which um, you know, but giving them full credit for making that comeback in the, especially in the second ODI, um, Deepak Chahar, where he played brilliant brilliant innings as well. That was absolutely brilliant. And um, uh, to answer your question, players that have impressed me most, I'll I'll speak about, um, I'll I'll speak as a whole and not just one day or T20. Um, Obviously, Surya Kumar Yadav has been the shining light of, of the tour. Um, he's, you know, we all know what he can do with the bat and rightly so he has earned the test call up, um, in the squad for England series. So him and, um, Prithvi Shah are going to England now. Um, there are some, there are some people who believe he should not be in the test squad at the moment. Let him play T20 for the T20 World Cup, which is, which is fair, which is, you know, there's pros and cons for both, um, both the, you know, both the uh, sides of the argument here. So. Uh, but it's all his hard work, Surya Kumar Yadav's hard work that has uh, brought him here. Um, and he's uh, rightly going to England now. But um, the poor, I would say the disappointment has been Hardik Pandya. 
yeah. of the series. Um, he has well been, under par. You know, yeah, well under par. We we all know what he can do with the with the ball and the bat. Uh, he just hasn't shown up at all. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah. What What did you make of Sri Lanka as as a unit? As do you, did you notice any anything different? And what do you make of Mickey Arthur as a coach? Oh, Mickey Arthur as a coach, we all know he's very passionate and he has his you know his ways of working. We've seen that uh, from an that, Australian. That's one way to put it. We've seen that from an Australian perspective before. Uh, to be honest with you, um, Sri Lanka. I think they've been more competitive than I thought they would be. I know India without their main players, but India's whiteboard depth is extraordinary and Sri Lanka have been struggling at times. I guess in a way, Sri Lanka should be at least competitive at home, no matter who they play against. But given the state Sri Lanka were in heading into this series, they were in all sorts. But but the emergence of a few players, the likes of Cherith Asalanka, um, you know, even, you know, when Indu Hasaranga has been outstanding yep. as well. Um you know, I think um, I can't remember. I can't. I don't know how to uh, pronounce his name. Is it Raj Baksa or? Yep, Rajapaksa. Rajapaksa. Yeah, yeah. And he was, you know, pretty impressive there in the ODI series as well. It's just building some confidence and building some continuity yep. because a few of the players, you know, got injured and a few of the players got in trouble in COVID bubbles. But you know, those players they've been around for a while and they have not performed. So it's good yes. to see some new blood in the Sri Lankan team. Um, they were well in that first T20. You know, India couldn't finish their batting innings very well. I felt, you know, 160-odd. It could have been more from when Shikhar Dhawan and, and Surya Kamiyadav were going well. But but in Sri Lanka, were in it early on in their chase, but they just lost too many wickets. But there's something to build on. At least there's some positives to build on. Um, in terms of Surya Kamiyadav, is he in your best T twenty eleven because the guy is top oh, yeah, definitely. quality. You reckon he gets definitely. in? Who he does is. he get in over? Yeah, yeah. Where does he fit? He is maybe number four. Well, I think he'll he'll get in at four because obviously Rohit Sharma and Shikhar Dhawan will open and then Virat Kohli at number three. Um, yeah. And that's the thing. That's the thing. Do you? Well, do there's you, a KL Rahul drop? question as well, though. Exactly. 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 That's that's um, I was mentioning about to mention him where. Mm. Do you, do you drop Fikadawan? But he has been a consistent performer in the in the IPL as well, with an average of around 40, 42. So, um, yeah, that's as I like to say, that's a good headache for India to have. And I think it is. But having said that, having it's said that, headache. I would really like to see Virat Kohli and Rohit Sharma open together. Um, that I'm really hoping they open together. Yeah. I would love to see that. Yeah. Fair point. I mean. I know you say, you know, it's a good headache to have, but it's a position you want to get right, that number four. And I think exactly. a player that like Zero Kimiatov provides reliability and he provides, you know, the uh, the impetus in the middle overs without even really taking a risk, it seems. Yeah. It's just effortless. I love that flick shot yeah. over mid-wicket. It's just, yeah. it's beautiful to watch. And if you have a player like that in your ranks, I, you know, I would do whatever I can to make sure that he plays. Uh, we po- I posed the question yesterday I, when I, one of my writers, um, you know, wrote a good article on, um, on, on Sandra Samson for the blog. And, you know, is this, is this his last chance potentially? Is, is, is he someone that India looked to persist with in the future as a squad member coming in? Or what do you think? Because the guy promises so much, but he's never been able to go to the next level. What do you think? Look, I think, 
honestly, I was a bit surprised that he just made his ODI debut after so many years, you know, being in the yeah. reckoning. Yeah. Um, but again, I, I wouldn't, I won't say anything about him in the ODI format because he's just played one game and he is, I think he ages on his side to be fair. Um, he's what, 26, 25, 26. Mm. Um, so, but in the T20, I think he's just played eight matches as well. So I, I think personally, it's too early to make a call. Mm. Um, obviously he doesn't but the thing get is, into the World Cup 11 straight away. No, he um, doesn't. He might be in the squad, but he won't get in the World Cup 11, but let him, let India persist with him for the next few, next couple of years and then see what comes out of it. The thing is, though, he's never really had a massive IPL season as well. He's had the chance to go big yeah. 500, 600 runs, but it's always been around a 300, 400 run mark. He's never been quite been able to go to that next level and score big and go on with his starts because he and often maybe looks so this good. Maybe this is the year that changes that. I hope so for his sake because he's so much yep. talent. Um, in terms of the questions we received from, um, from our listeners, the first one from Samish, Santosh, um, at Samish Santosh one, um, he said, who has impressed you so far in the India Sri Lanka series? Um, or is a start to watch out in the T20 World Cup. I agree with you, Nash. I think it's Cyril coming out of, he's just been, yeah. he's been so good. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing guys like Varun Chakravarti in international cricket as well. Yes. I thought he, he showed a pretty decent, had a pretty decent debut yesterday. Um, but yeah, I think, I think for me, Cyril coming out of is the standout player he just he looks at home and he solves a lot of problems for india especially in that number four position because you've got to be proactive in the middle overs and he yep. really allows that um uh another question is you know from atom big cricket podcast at atom big underscore crick uh, should india really play hardik pandya now as an all-rounder you know we're talking about hardik pandya struggling personally for me i'd continue to back him i think he's a terrific player oh yeah definitely definitely i think yeah. uh, when i said he has been poor i think he's just coming well back he has been injury, and i think he you has have been to poor. consider that yeah. so um yeah. yeah and um calling spade a spade so it's mm. it's he has been poor coming back from an injury and he has to uh get fit immediately if he has to perform in the world cup which i think his role is going to be really key in the middle order and with the ball as well because he gives that extra bowling option to virat kohli and obviously in the in the middle order we can know what we all know what he can do when he finishes the innings off in the last uh, three four overs so he can be he can be the real x factor for india where he can just take away games from the opposition and um, post a oh, big yeah. score or chase a big score in the last three four overs so i think Definitely, India should keep backing him for the next um, next few series and next few, I think, next couple of years at least, until he really um, performs really poorly. Yeah. Uh, where I think there's maybe no coming back from it for him. Yep. Um, I agree with that. I think he's he's got a lot of quality, and you know, he's having a bit of a tough time at the moment. But you don't write a player like that off. Mm-hmm. Uh, another interesting question we received around this series and maybe cricket. Uh, from a broader scale is, you know, from, from Kalp Chopra at Chopra Kalp. He asks, should India play more of these B-string tours with comparatively weaker teams like, you know, Sri Lanka, Bangladesh, Afghanistan, Nepal, and other associate nations? One, it will strengthen our bench strength. And two, it will empower these nations financially. Um, I like the idea of these teams touring, um, you know, these, these countries, and giving them an opportunity, but also testing the bench strength of these players for a couple of reasons. 
one, if you're testing your up and coming players against these teams, I think they're going to be great for the experience because these teams are going to yep. be up. These teams are going to be up for the challenge. They're going to be firing. Imagine if Nepal host India. Can you imagine yeah, how definitely. how how fired up and how enthusiastic they'll be? That'll be a great definitely. test for the up and coming players yep. of India. I'd love Obviously, to see more of that. But yeah, and I'll put a more practical view. And I think um, it, it is it is it will be really great to see this. But given that now ODIs have much more context and much more yeah, uh, relevance to them to with, with the World Cup and with the Super League, I think yeah. uh, more so th- these can be. Um, as opposed to official ODIs, then they, they can be, you know, sort of ATOs or um, unofficial ODIs, if you want to call mm. that. So, um, but yeah, absolutely great idea because even if, even if this team goes to uh, the exact same team, let's say barring one or two players go to a country like um, Nepal and that, that'll be really brilliant because this is almost like a, Helps like, grow the like game. a first 11. So, yeah. and it will, it will help spread the game because I know, um, Knowing some people from the uh, Nepali community here in Darwin, I think they are very passionate about cricket and they love their cricket. So, um, Mm. and and they'll be really, all of them, all of the the entire country will be very, very much behind the Nepal cricket team if this happens. Absolutely. I mean, practical as well. You look at the cricketing calendar at the moment is jam-packed where you're fitting things, you know, where you're fitting things in and stuff. So, but a very interesting question. I think one that, you know, if, if we do see more of that in the future, it'll be good for the game. On to West Indies, Australia. Uh, a bit of respite in the first ODI from an Aussie perspective, getting a win there. But for me, it's just, I look at it from a batting perspective. I, I just don't see enough players putting their hand up. You know, when you've got Wes Agar, top scoring, Adam Zampa scoring runs late, showing up the batsman. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good at all. And I, in that second match, you know, we were reduced. I can't remember what was it, 45 for six. And, yep. you know, looking at the dismissals, there was probably one ball, the one to Turner, that was a great delivery. The one to Kerry was pretty decent too from Akil Hussain. But other than that, a lot of them were very poor dismissals, some very poor strike play. Um, and, and, I think this was this was a perfect. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll let you rant. I'll let you rant in a minute. But I, I just wanted to say this was a perfect opportunity for players like Josh Philippi, Ben, ben McDermott, Huge. Um, even Moses and Enriques, who has been around um, the Australian squad for a long time mm. now. Um, Ashton Turner. This was a perfect time for to regain his uh, for that one match form in India um couple a few years ago so you know i think it's a, it's an opportunity lost for these players and i think once the um other players start coming back players like Glenn Maxwell Steve Smith Manus uh, i think these players will be again lost in the in domestic uh, circuit for a while and that's the disappointment for them i agree with you massive opportunity for them they've got one more opportunity tomorrow morning australia time to you know <sighs> put some um, put some respect on their name in, in a way. You've got respect in your performance. You know, you want to put in a good show. Um, you know, I, I feel sometimes players can get confused. I've mentioned this a couple of times on the podcast. Sometimes players can get confused by the notion of playing with intent. And they think that means just smashing the ball as hard as you can for four or six. Intent is also the way you rotate strike and how 
hard exactly. to work between the exactly. wickets. Intent is also the the solidity of your defence or how assured you you look in your defence as well. And and an example I'll, I'll say is Jason Holder in the second ODI. He started slowly, but he batted with intent. He knew what he wanted to do. He he worked hard. He ran hard between the wickets. He hit the boundary on occasion when the ball was there to be hit. And he led the West Indies home. Now, immediately when you look at these conditions, it's a slow pitch. It's turning. Some balls are stopping in the surface. It's not a free-flowing surface. And you've got guys that are trying to hit the ball out of the park when the ball's not there to be hit. And I'm wondering to myself, they're thinking when they come out to bat, we want to try to get 300 here maybe. But they're not quickly assessing that this pitch isn't free-flowing. It's not the kind of pitch you see in England. And what I mean by intent is to make the adjustment in your mind to say 250 will work here and let's run hard between the wickets. Let's keep wickets in hand. And if we have to play like an old-fashioned ODI, we'll do it. And that's why it's been really disappointing. If you're six for 45, the game's gone. Even though Australia did fight back and they were in the game for a while there, incredibly, the game is gone. You know, intent is not just hitting fours and sixes. It's also playing with good cricketing smarts, trusting in your defence and running hard between the wickets, turning your ones into twos. I, I know how Virat Kohli would bat on a surface like that. He'd still strike out a good 80 or 90 per 100 balls, but he wouldn't hit a lot of boundaries because they're hard to work between yep. the wickets. So a lot for these Australian players to learn. I think the West Indies batsmen as well have got a lot to learn. So this third ODI can go either way, but Australia have got a long, long, long way to go in terms of our batting depth. We've got a few batsmen missing, you know, but there's not enough others putting their hand up. And this West Indies series for me has been a concern. We go to Bangladesh next week. I don't know if that series is, you know, going to be easy at all, not in Bangladesh's conditions. No Aaron Finch now, who could, I think, also potentially be missing out of the World Cup. So we've got a, a captaincy question now as well, because he's got a knee injury. There's a, there's a whole bunch of questions to answer, man. A whole bunch. Um, you know, if you had to pick a winner in the third ODI, Tash, could you pick? Could you pick who would win? Uh, uh, Australia going to play I another spinner. Australia yep, going to play another spinner, Yeah. I would pick West Indies just, yeah, given the fact that it's their own backyard and, you know. Whoever um, decides on the day to be less shit will get, get the win. Exactly. That, that, decides, is a good, that is a good call. I, I would go with that. Because the West yep. Indies have not been flash hot with the bat either. So, yeah. Whoever decides I'd to turn up and, uh, you know, have a half-decent day should, should go on and get the win there. But my point still stands, you know, come on. Better batting. Um, speaking of Bangladesh, Australia go there next week. They beat Zimbabwe 2-1 in an OD, uh, sorry, a T20 series. I thought it was an interesting series. Zimbabwe's putting on 190-odd in the last match. Um, I think Zimbabwe got a good little finisher there that's someone who could feature in a few T20 leagues around the world, Ryan Burl. I don't, I don't, know, I don't mind the look of it. I know a few teams around the world need a, a number six a finisher. Yep. He hits the ball a long way. He can come in and strike the ball a long distance. Um, I was impressed with a few players from Zimbabwe. I felt the likes of Wesley Mataveri and um, and also Ryan Burl, as mentioned, Dion Myers, I thought, made a good start to international cricket. So there's something to build on for the Zimbabweans. I'd like to see them play a little bit more. 
Of course, you see Blessing was Rabani continued to take wickets as well. Yeah, absolutely. Bangladesh, still flawed for me. I, I still think they've got a lot of things to work on. Um, in terms of the World Cup, I see them certainly getting out of their group, you know, the initial qualifying group, but I, they could give it a challenge or two to one of the teams in the, in the main stage, but I don't think they have the firepower that other teams do or the, uh, the yeah. consistency that other teams do to go all the way. Um, I wonder if you had a, an opinion on that. Yeah, um, I was just looking at the squad for the upcoming Australia series that um, yeah. Bangladesh just announced not long ago when we started this recording. And I think uh, Tamim Iqbal and Mushfiqur Rahim are out of contention, I think, with Tamim Iqbal is out for two months at least. Yeah. So yeah. The, the selectors and the management are smart as they are. They got Tamim to play the ODI series in Zimbabwe and he was not fit. Yeah. Credit to him, he still scored 100 in the third game, but he's got a bad knee injury and he's out for two months. So, you know, if you're not having a fit Tamim in the World Cup, that puts you back a long way. Um, and Mushvik is a big key as well. So I think a few other players came in and stepped up, like Sumya Saka, and there's this new guy that came in, Shamim Hussain, down the order, and there's Afif Hussain who can hit the ball a long way. So there's a bit of talent there, but I think consistency is the big problem. Consistency, man. And that, that has always been the case for Bangladesh, to be honest. Always. 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 I think they can give Australia uh, some trouble. I certainly think so. You know, I think it's around monsoon season in Bangladesh now, though, this time of year. So fingers crossed it doesn't affect the series too much. I think it's a good preparation for Australia because you're going to get conditions similar in the World Cup. But I think Bangladesh would like the likes of Shakib, um, who's hurt Australia before. Um, the likes of Mustafiza Rahman and these guys. I think Australia are going to have to play well to, to win that series. That's a huge opportunity for the Tigers at home to, to play well against Australia. I know I've got a lot of um, Bangladeshi fans on Twitter always asking me for updates on that series <laughs> and whether it's going to go ahead. They're really keen for it. This is a big series for Bangladesh. Yep. They don't often get to play against Absolutely. Australia. So if they can perform well, then you know give them a lot of confidence. Um, another team that's been performing quite well is South Africa. They've won, well, they beat the West Indies 3-2 and they beat Ireland 3-0. But I still, for me, don't see them as one of the main contenders for the T20 World Cup. Am I being too harsh or do you have sort of similar opinions to me there? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, being it's it's really hard predicting right now with South Africa. I think how, you know, with their form being up and down. Um, yeah, they've been good in the past couple of series, but especially in the West Indies and now um, in the recent one as well. Mm. Um but it gets really interesting if uh, they don't get the team combination right. I think they can't. I think it's really key for South Africa, yeah. for a team like South Africa to get the te- uh, team combination right. Uh, well, it's f- important for any team, but, you know, for South yeah. Africa where they have a lot of inexperience in the side, yeah. um, the, all, the, all the players need to know wh- where they sit in, in the playing 11. And I think they need to perform their own role mm. and not bother about, you know, um, the outside noise. So I think that's really key. Very important. And, and um, obviously form of Quinton de Kock will be really important as well, oh, which he has done really sure. well in the past couple of series. So I think that'll be really key. Absolutely agree. Um, you know, I think South Africa's middle order, I know David Miller made a good score in the series, um, but I think their death bowling remains a concern and their, mid, and their death batting in a way. Yeah. You know, 
I still question their ability to put complete T20 performances on a regular basis. Um, yep. But yeah, I think overall they've had a pretty good last couple of months and uh, they'll want to continue to build on that going forward. And they can cause some teams some problems. I think when you have someone like Tabre Shamsi, who's in the form he's in, like I'm trying to remember on the top of my head, he's taken, I think, 24 wickets this year or something like that at an average of about 12 and an economy rate of 5.3 or something silly. And he's played five games against the West Indies as well. Those are ridiculous figures. He's, and, he's really going to be the important, oh, important baller, you know, the key we, baller we, for we think South about, Africa. We think about Quinton de Kock as an important saying. player. We think about Quinton de, de Kock as an important player. It's, it's Tebre Shamsi as well. If he's firing and he can change a game. Absolutely. Because... Opposition teams Absolutely. want to use those middle overs to try get some momentum heading into the death. And if you're not able to mm. get momentum heading into the death overs because of Shamsi taking wickets and keeping the runs down, give South Africa a big chance to be competitive in those matches. So, you know, good on him. And I think, you know, the Proteus, if he's performing, they're going to be a... They'll be competitive and they might challenge a few teams. Yep. Whether they can go all the way and win the whole thing, I don't know. I think there's just other teams ahead of them in the pecking order, in my opinion. But we'll wait and see. Um, Ireland, it wasn't a good T20 series from them after a good ODI series. It just it was their first T20 in a long time. They just haven't played enough. And then they've got Ireland. So they play Zimbabwe next week. You know, I think it'll serve yeah. as decent preparation for them. I think just any chance to play some T20 cricket will be important for them heading into those That's to that qualifying yeah. stage. It's, it's going to be a competitive group, I reckon. It's going to be Sri Lanka, Netherlands, Ireland, and Namibia in that second qualifying group. So there's a real chance to get into those Super 12s there for, for the Irish. So, oh, someone like Kevin O'Brien, he's struggling. So they need someone like him to, to come good. Um, Nash, we'll finish off with, with one question around the 100. Um, I've been trying to follow a little bit of it, as I mentioned before. It's 3 a.m., it's, it's, uh, it's it starts at 3 a.m. It starts at 3 a.m. the night games there. Um, on the weekend, the early games, I've caught a little bit of it. Yep. it from Robin, a question at Robin underscore Rana. Is the 100 a step forward in cricket being taken over by the franchise system as a sport? Do you see the 100 as something that could be the future? I think the organizers hope so, but I don't know if I want to see that, to be honest. I still I, don't know. The jury's still out. So yeah, the jury's still out. I don't want it to be looked at separate to cricket or something yeah. that can take over. Yeah, yeah. Because we, you know we talk about the hundred introducing people to the game, but that's what T Twenty cricket was brought in for as well. T Twenty cricket was supposed to be that short, sharp game. So you know, I'm all for innovation. Then, then it was then it was T Ten. Then it was T Ten. Then T Ten. Who knows? T Five next. But, yeah. <laughs> Look, I'm all for introducing new people if, if it, to if the it sport. Comes to, if it comes to toss, India will never win. <laughs> if it comes down to the toss, <laughs> yeah, India you'll will be, never win. you'll be down at the bottom of the Super League table <laughs> yeah. if that was the case. Yeah, you'll be down at the super, uh, bottom of the league table. But in terms of introducing new people to the game, I'm, I'm a fan of that. But say you introduce a new uh, yeah, a person to the game via the hundred, how do you then introduce them to the other formats of the game, and what will they then think? You know what I mean? Like will they? Yeah, love yeah absolutely. To, it is. Will they love to it is a great the track and things like yeah. that. I don't know. It is a great introduction for um, the young fans f- to cricket, but I think um, the focus also needs to be on the traditional formats as well. And um, yeah. uh, you know, 
it, it ultimately it's a it is a business for all these boats so um they ultimately it comes down to money as well agree look i, I like you know when i see uh, footage of you know young young kids in the crowd enjoying the cricket it's great to see but i don't want the hundred to be looked at separate to cricket and you know separate to the other formats and, and to the detriment of the other formats as well because we've got a beautiful sport and we can build on it so we'll see we'll see what happens there but but so far it's been quite popular the hundred um and it's good to see especially in the women's game uh, more female cricketers um playing in front of large audiences that's a real positive of it as well. Um, yeah. So Nash, um, that'll round up this week's episode. As I mentioned um, at the top of the show, um, you know, we'll have a special feature episode this week with Preeti Upala, host of the Preeti Experience. Um, she's an all-rounder. She's, um, she features in CNN. She writes for Forbes. She's very passionate on cricket um, and, you know, I think we're going to really enjoy having a chat with her. Um, and then, you know, next week, of course, we'll, we'll talk more about the, the India-England Test Series. It's great to see. Yep. Uh, it's a Test Cricket um, coming back soon. Yep. Um, Nash, if there's nothing else from you, we'll, we'll sign off for today. All good. All good. All right. We'll see you guys later in the week. And, yeah, thanks for, thanks for listening.